0: Hello and welcome back to the podcast in an imperfect world. On this episode I have MJ nutrition on. MJ is Mary Jo. She is a hormone nutritionist. She specializes in hormones, healthy periods and all things PCOS. PCOS is definitely a topic that so many ladies suffer with and feel a little bit lost with so I wanted to get a specialist on to talk about it today. We speak all about PCOS and the different types. We speak about how to get diagnosed with PCOS, the supplements to take, ones not to take, exercise, nutrition, carb intake, we speak about it all. So hopefully you gain something from this podcast and enjoy it. Mary Jo, thank you so much for coming on to the podcast. I greatly appreciate your time and I am super excited for this conversation that we are going to have. So we are going to dive into... All things PCOS, but I'm gonna let you chat about yourself for anyone that mightn't follow you or know who you are. I'll let you take the stage and explain how you got into the industry and who you are.
1: Okay, thank you so much for, Peter, for having me on. I'm really happy to be here. Um, so yeah, thank you for the introduction. Mary Jo or MJ Nutrition is my business. Um, so who I am, really, I kind of I've studied nutrition now. I have about seven years. Uh, I suppose science degree behind me I've got a new a degree in human nutrition and a master's in personalized nutrition uh, so I always wanted to work in nutrition uh, in some form or other I wasn't really sure like and then I suppose when I first started I was just working on a very general level just helping people with like nutrition how to eat healthy maybe a bit of fat loss support um but I suppose I really started to get more niched into like the female health area and then even within that got more niche into with PCOS and i suppose that kind of naturally happened i have pcos myself so like i use a lot of the the work that i had done through like my college degree and studying and my own research to help manage it myself in a like natural way i put natural like this because um you know it's like not it's just a, a different way of, of treating it rather than going on the pill but anyway we'll talk about that I'm sure later on but um then I just yeah I suppose it naturally started attracting more and more PCOS uh, clients to myself so yeah at the moment I'm working predominantly with P- women with PCOS but I also help women who've got hormonal issues like irregular periods painful periods and like want to to lose weight but maybe have these issues as well alongside it so the kind of two come in together and um, I'm like I do that through one-to-one coaching and I also have a PCOS course created which is kind of like a DIY course you can do yourself and I have my own podcast too the theme that I have podcasts and a lot of stuff would be about PCOS and that as well so yeah that's pretty much who I am and what I do I guess.
0: <laughs> Amazing and I think one thing that you just said there and this is no disrespect to coaches who didn't experience things themselves but I think I know myself being a fat loss coach, but also because I've gone through fat loss and being self-conscious and weight loss, but then also losing too much weight and then needing to gain weight, gain muscle, because I've gone through both, it's much easier for me to coach ladies who need to do either. So not that you have to have PCOS to be able to, to help ladies with PCOS, but it does help because you can give a little bit more of a sympathetic side because you really do know how they're feeling you can totally
1: resonate with them more and I I empathize as you say like and I genuinely there's so much struggles with even getting the diagnosis of PCOS Mm -hmm. and a lot of like I want to say like medical gaslighting as well to do with PCOS so like I can totally understand the feeling and then all the I suppose the terrible symptoms that like you can you have with PCOS and that can really make you feel just not feminine not good about yourself they can massively affect your confidence your self-esteem and then they relate they affect your mental health as well so there's so many aspects to it that unfortunately aren't really considered in a a short consult consultation with a doctor and this is not any disrespect to a doctor because I totally understand their pressures they just don't have the time but there it's a huge um, condition that doesn't just affect one area the reproductive area it's a mm-hmm. metabolic and endocrine condition and has so many aspects to it so I totally agree with what you're saying you don't have to have it to be able to help but it does give that extra bit of um empathy and, re- and definitely can resonate with their struggle 100 yeah. percent
0: and we were only mentioning there, I had Ashling on, I had Jenny on and I just had Orla on and across that we have covered, God, this podcast has really covered female hormones, IBS, good health, skin health, coming off the pill, but we definitely haven't gone into too much about PCOS. And that is why I think it's really important for any ladies listening that they have this little outlet to maybe learn something that they didn't know. And I think one thing that ladies, really don't know is well a lot of ladies might know that there's different types of PCOS um and a lot of coaches don't know that either yeah
1: so that's like I suppose PCOS what is it first and yeah um, when people think of PCOS, and obviously this is not their fault, but like they think of they must have cysts on the ovaries.
0: Yeah. Obviously, you
1: think that because of the name polycystic ovary syndrome. However, that's actually not the case. Cysts on the ovaries do not mean you've got PCOS. So an ultrasound alone is not enough to give you a diagnosis for PCOS. And unfortunately, many women are being told they have PCOS just based on an ultrasound without looking at other um symptoms or issues that need to be looked at which I'll go into and um, so you can have PCOS without um, cysts in your ovaries and you don't need to have them though to have the diagnosis does that
0: make sense yeah and that's what makes it quite difficult as well it
1: definitely does and that's why it's so um, common to see misdiagnoses between uh, like hypothalamic amenorrhea and PCOS and just um, sometimes you can just women there's a population of women that will have cysts on their ovaries and there's just that's normal for them and like at different stages in your life you'll also have more follicles which are the cysts on your ovaries so Mm -hmm. like depending on the time that you get your ultrasound done you could have cysts at that time but doesn't mean you have PCOS so I guess the most important areas to look at you need to have androgen excess and irregular periods or anovulatory cycles so androgen excess is the key like a uh, feature of PCOS. So that can either um, show up on a physical level, whether it's excess hair growth, acne or hair loss. So this is really important because the excess hair growth will be quite strong. It won't be just a little bit of mild peach fuzz, for example. It will be quite strong in your chin, your jawline, your sides of your face like your chest your stomach your nipples your lower back your um your buttocks like everywhere it's quite strong and um, then there will be the acne as well typically that'll be hormonal acne around the jawline and then the hair loss typically occurs in the male pattern areas so like on your your scalp on your forehead and um, so that's the typical sign of physical androgen excess. And then there's it on a blood test. So you can either have both or one or the other. So blood tests will show up as excess testosterone um, and DHEAS, which is another androgen as well. So it's so important that you're getting your bloods done. You need to get your bloods done as well and consider your physical symptoms. And then the other one um, is a regular period. So if your periods are longer than 35 days, you don't know when the next one's going to come, you get less than nine or eight menstrual cycles in a year, that would be considered irregular. Um, and also it's important to note, you're looking at ovulation. So ovulation is the reason we get periods. So you can have what's called anovulatory cycles, where you get a bleed, but you haven't ovulated. And this is, this is again, it's so confusing for women to totally understand. But again, like irregular periods, would most likely occur with anovulatory cycles, um, mm. and an anovulatory cycle would also be very heavy and painful. Because how that occurs is you build up excess oestrogen all through the follicular phase, but just if you don't ovulate you don't make the other hormone progesterone so that's not there to kind of counterbalance that so you've got this massive buildup of estrogen and it has nowhere to go so eventually it kind of sheds and, and gets this very very heavy painful bleed but you haven't actually had a real period because there's no ovulation and no progesterone made so firstly that's um what PCOS is and how yeah. you get diagnosed so the key things to take from that is make sure you get bloods you're looking at your androgens, both physical and and on the blood and start to know like what's going on with your periods if they're longer than 35 days you don't know where when the next one's going to come if you get less than eight or nine in a year then that's irregular so it's definitely something to get checked out so that's the first part of the diagnosis and um being aware of that Um, and
0: with the bloods um would prolactin be a high androgen that you'd be looking for
1: yeah so prolactin can be high as well but it's not um it it's can occur with PCOS because in PCOS you have another high hormone called LH, luteinizing hormone. It yeah. can go hand in hand, high LH, high prolactin. But um, it's not a typical, like prolactin is not like an androgen as such. It's just another hormone. Yeah. The androgens you're looking for is testosterone and um, the THEAS. Then there's other ones that you don't really get tested that much. But if you're getting your free testosterone and your total testosterone measured, and DHEAS that will give you a good indication um of, of, what, of like your blood profile but again they could be normal but you could still have this yeah. physical symptoms as well yeah. so so important to pay attention to both and get a proper diagnosis done the other thing as well is though just to make sure you have to rule out other possible reasons for high androgens so there's like different uh, syndromes like um congenital hyperplasia and uh, i think i got that right sorry but our birth control um, and high prolactin can all cause high androgens do you know what i mean so and yeah. like prolactin isn't really a um what's the word, it's not really part of a PCOS diagnosis, it can occur with it, but you could have a completely separately, not have PCOS, so there's so many reasons for hyperlactin, like stress can cause it, thyroid issues, and medications, even you can have it high after sex, so you do yeah. need to get it done twice in order to get an accurate read for it too.
0: Yeah, the reason why I say that is because there might be ladies in my situation, so I'm, I, I've gone on about this so many podcasts now, but basically when I was younger my period was completely all over the place so I was getting like a period I was like a swapped period so my period would last like 20 days and then I'd get a little bit of a break and it was so heavy and I was I remember when I was quite young as well I would have grown like underarm hair quite early and I was so self-conscious of hair growth I would have been quite taller than everyone else um and now I don't know where my chest has gone to but when I was younger before anyone else I was in like a sports bra yes Mm -hmm. I barely even need a sports bra now but um and I remember I used to get so so I was talking about this in my podcast last week that used to get severe cramping and pain so I went and got loads of colonoscopies and they couldn't they just they just didn't know um and then it was like, mm, does she have PCOS? She does have all these symptoms, but maybe it's just IBS, maybe it's gut. Then they found little cysts on ovaries, but they were saying, Oh, you're so young, it could be different stages. Yeah. Um, so then I was put on to contraception. And then I only I only came off contraception there 10 weeks ago, since I was 14. Um so yeah, it's, not been. Yeah, it's been okay, but now I still haven't, it's been 10 no it's been nine weeks and I still don't have my cycle back yet now if the doctor has said it can take up to three months but now it's like shit this is something I could have dealt with when I was 16 17 18 got on top with it but now doctors are like well your prolactin's high but it could be stress and you mightn't have any cysts anymore and I'm sure this ladies like me now that it's like good god what's going on and there's so many different things it could be but yet it also could just be stress that I need to manage or things are just getting back into into, in in line again because it's been so long since on contraception but that's why I'm trying to have so many amazing people like yourself on the podcast because there is so many ladies like myself and I'm sure people even look at me and they're like but you're a coach you should have everything on top of things um but because I was put on contraception so early like I'm sure so many ladies that have gone to you yeah, just prolong getting symptoms recognised.
1: Yeah, well, I was on it as well. Like before, I understood what was going on. I was getting yeah. up in my early twenties, and I thought it was amazing. I was like, "Oh my god, I actually oh, know that period yeah. is going to come." I didn't yeah. realise it wasn't a period then, and um, this was in the early twenties. And I was only doing a nutrition degree then, but it was very broad level didn't even go into like female health or anything it was when he yeah. went to the masters I got so into my own health and of course my own health issues started to get worse and I was like what's actually happening to me like and then I started looking into it more and I was like okay wow I cannot believe I haven't yet appeared I'm not yeah. ovulating like I didn't realize and yeah. um, that was such like wow like and this happens to just so many women going on at so young it's like your age 16 17 not understanding until then they want to come up get come off and have a baby and then they're like Oh my god I did not realize now like yeah. it's quite common during your teenage years to have irregular periods and to have, maybe have more cysts on your ovaries yeah. and it that's why you should have about three years of, of a period before you do yeah. anything but this that doesn't happen unfortunately and yeah. um, so like because you're still like in the developmental stages and like you're not cycle hasn't fully developed during your teenage years. So like if any like parents are listening to this, I would say try and hold it out before giving mm-hmm. in to that yet. Yeah, like let their cycle develop naturally um, and yeah. before going on birth control like and then obviously there's a the benefits of birth control from a contraceptive contraception of yeah. view. 100% no issues with that it's just when they're being given for um issues like PCOS and like oh we don't know what's wrong with you just take the pill and it'll shut everything off and that's what it will do it literally shuts it all off and then you'll come off and then you're trying to like figure out what's going on there, like yourself like like you said, it does take about three to six months and sometimes longer, depending yeah. on what the situation was beforehand. Yeah. Just bear with it and we'll all come back again, yeah. but it does take that bit of time. And um,
0: and my- just what you said, just about parents there, just in case there is any parents listening, I, I've even said to my mom, like, it's not your fault that you agreed for me because at the end of the day, if we're in a world now that still don't know enough about contraception and people are only really finding out no disrespect to people in their forties and fifties, but they certainly didn't have as much education back then. So even if you did allow your kid or or consent to your child going on contraception, don't feel bad for it. It's not like you've done anything wrong. There's no. just not enough education it's around all it. From good intentions, and if
1: oh, everyone has good intentions, including doctors and GPs. It's all yeah. from good intended place. It's yeah. just unfortunately that our system doesn't allow for more personalised care and time, and you know when you go to gp you know what it's like it's 10 minutes 15 minutes and that's just the way our system is it's not like that's what their toolbox is whereas the way you and i would work we spend more time working with a person yeah. getting to know them their, their issues or features and be able to personalize things um, and their and like nutrition and lifestyle and supplements to their um unique needs basically and yeah. so it's a different kind of approach um but i do think it's more favorable for the person in the long run because it's not yeah. just like a quick band-aid solution it's uh, you know really looking at the root of the issue which i suppose kind of brings us into to the, the the different types kind yeah. of because yeah so um the main number one type is insulin resistant pcos so about 70 to 80 percent of women will have this and i would even say even more have it without knowing so one of the common misconceptions with insulin resistant pcos is that you need to be overweight to have it that's not necessarily true so for example even myself i wouldn't be in a you know, higher BMI or overweight category, but like the way I treat my PCOS is as is if I had insulin resistance, you know, so that's how I manage it. So through nutrition and lifestyle changes. So with PCOS, um, it is a metabolic and endocrine condition. So there's metabolic issues going on, which are the drivers of the uh, food productive issues, so the inovulatory cycle. So when I speak about metabolic issues, basically it's an inability of your cells to use insulin and sugar the way a normal person would who doesn't have PCOS. So if you don't have PCOS, when you consume a food that has carbohydrates and protein and that, it's broken down, the carbohydrates break down to glucose, and pancreas then secretes insulin. Insulin brings the glucose into the cell and it goes in easily, no issues, energy is converted and great, that's normal conversion and normal process. However, in PCOS, when you eat the food, you break down the carbohydrates into glucose. Insulin is also secreted from the pancreas. The insulin then binds with the glucose and transports it. So insulin's like your taxi, bringing the glucose into the cells. The problem is with the cells is that there's like a lock on it it's it's restricting you it's not letting the insulin carry the sugar into the cell so you're getting then this build up of sugar and insulin in the bloodstream the body is reacting like what's going on here why can't i get the sugar into the cell maybe we don't have enough insulin so it pumps out even more so you're getting this overload of insulin in the blood trying to get the sugar into the cells where it can be converted to energy so when this happens you're getting so many different issues occurring this hyperinsulin- insulinemia is basically causing your ovaries to produce even more testosterone it's and um, there's Insulin receptors on your ovaries, basically. So with even, well, you're, just, you're getting this double whammy of high insulin levels, um, and then the glucose in the cells, the high levels of glucose, anything extra that isn't being absorbed is then stored as fat. So this can lead to the, the fat gain, as well as high insulin levels can cause that as well. You're getting lots of inflammation occurring due to the high levels of insulin. So it's just having this massive cascade of events, basically, when this doesn't happen. And this is the issue for most women with PCOS, is this inability to get the sugar and insulin into the cells to be converted. And it just leads to, a, a, as I say, a cascade of events causing all of the symptoms to do with PCOS. Like if there's high insulin, you've got high testosterone causing the excess hair growth, the acne, and the irregular periods, etc. cetera. So that's kind of the main one and what's um, driving the PCOS in that case.
0: And I actually saw a, I saw a TikTok as much as I'm not a fan of TikTok, but I saw a TikTok the other day of a girl and I can't remember her name, but her page was absolutely amazing. She was so open about her PCOS, but completely from like her whole neck was covered in hair, her chest, and she had to thread and well, she didn't have to, but she wanted to thread and wax. Mm -hmm. And it was just so lovely because it was, it was like a place that other ladies could go and see because it's it's definitely something that you can feel quite alone about and because it does affect your mental health so much you can feel like there's no one else going through it because if someone does have excess hair or these surge of hormones most likely they're taking care of it on their own and a lot of people can feel quite embarrassed with PCOS therefore they're threading or waxing excess hair but not really saying anything about it um, and yeah therefore it's that's why it's quite a lonely community almost it is i can totally
1: resonate with that like i was so embarrassed particularly like teenager early 20s like in a bikini like i had such hairy legs (laughs) like i was like why are they so hairy like i was like what's wrong with it especially my upper legs like which is like not the common place for hair growth you know like normally you have it on the lower upper like most people wouldn't have as much on the upper leg i remember that being one thing so conscious right and then like i had hair growth on my face as well um, and it's just you feel so conscious of it like you know and like obviously there's so many different degrees of it as well like like you say some can have like that girl you're describing like she obviously had a really like high case of it or high degree of it like so it massively impacts your self-esteem your quality of life even and and um, like that is a reason why then there's like body image issue issues occur PCOS and and more anxiety and depression is one of the reasons for it like so um like I suppose we'll get to like you know how to manage this and yes yeah definitely will because I just want to say to people who have this like I don't have those issues in any way as I I used to have them in my natural treatment of it and natural management of it more so and like sometimes I'll get a little bit of a flare and I'll Crap on my face yeah. or my chin or something a little bit of excess hair growth but nothing major yeah. compared to what it used to be and um you know and there's also no shame in getting like those cosmetic cosmetic procedures like no. laser done or threading it makes your life better if, if you feel more confident go for it yeah. you know what I mean and um, I would 100% recommend those as well along with the natural treatment and management of it too.
0: I was just going to say with the natural treatment of it it's almost like a a cycle that keeps going because when people are upset about it down about it depressed and stressed that actually causes it even more because the the high stress as well
1: yeah yeah
0: yeah. so it can be like a cycle if the stress isn't managed but it's hard it's hard to just tell someone manage your stress when you're upset about something
1: Hundred percent. It's it is a vicious cycle. Really, so that's why I would say, like any change, really starting small. But like you know, just knowing that you can be proactive about it is, I think, empowering as well. And like, cause like the knowledge or the information given out there from the medical point of view is that your only options are the pill and and come back when you want to get pregnant and we'll give you Clovid. Whereas in the nutrition, lifestyle, wellness world, and that I hope that wellness isn't taken as like a gimmicky thing because it really isn't. Oh. Like, there's so much evidence out there for the role of nutrition and lifestyle in management the PCOS and supplements do, and like, there's so many great nutrition coaches out there doing work with women with PCOS and seeing really really good results as well. So, um like if there is things that you can do so hopefully that empowers people to know that as well yeah. I think that's important and um, because otherwise you can feel like I'm stuck with this for the rest of my life yeah. because you're really like oh my god but um no like there is definitely changes that you can make to get improve your quality of life
0: yeah and we'll get we'll go into the management um after after the the different types so you were saying about 80 to 90 percent 70 to 80 percent but i right.
1: even suspect more like like most likely there'll be some degree of insulin resistance okay yeah. now everyone again will have different spectrums being on a different spectrum in terms of severity of insulin resistance so you probably would suspect someone to be maybe in the more overweight or be um obese category to have a higher degree of insulin resistance and leaving maybe Possibly to type two diabetes, which does occur. Like there is increased risk of cardiovascular disease, type two diabetes, all of those, and the metabolic syndrome when you have PCOS. So, like, if, well, if you are say in a and um, maybe a normal BMI category, you may not have the same degree or severity, but it can still be there. And that's why I say you don't need to be overweight in order to have insulin resistant issues. And um, so that's I think that's the main driver and it drives the other issues as well, if that makes sense, the other yeah. topics as well. Um the next one is and it's one that's not really like a typical type it's but um I think they go it's really important to get this look is your thyroid so um your thyroid and um, about 25% of women with PCOS will also have an underactive thyroid or Hashimoto's condition so when you're getting if looking at your hormones and you're going to your GP and trying to figure out what is going on it's really important you're looking at your thyroid as well to rule that out maybe it's been a possible um issue because there's what's called like you've got like a Connection between your um your thyroid and your ovaries. So if you've got a hypothyroidism, this will impact your ovaries in the same way nearly that PCOS does. So they can kind of have similar um. A similar similar look i guess is what i'm trying to say so it can cause larger cysts and uh, irregular periods weight gain insulin resistance and all of that so really important you're looking at that and you can have the both coming together which is obviously like a bit tricky but it's still manageable and uh, we want to look at managing the thyroid first and then pcos but that's just a kind of another uh, kind of i would consider a bit of a, a type really is the thyroid um, involvement with the ovaries and pcos Then is a post pill PCOS, which is really, really common for people coming off the pill. Uh, Not everyone gets this, but um, anyone maybe who had issues beforehand um, will probably, if you had PCOS before going on the pill, you will still have it when you come off it. And that's just something to note. But some people who maybe were fine can go on the pill and um, notice temporarily a lack of periods and uh, maybe signs of like insulin resistance, it can drive insulin resistance issues after the pill, post-pill, can drive excess androgens because they've been dampened for so long, they get this big surge then after the pill. And um, so this can just delay um your periods coming. And that connection between the hypothalamus pituitary and ovaries has also not been used basically when you've been on the pill. So it takes a while for that connection as well to come back. So those reasons again are why you may not get a period um, after coming off the pill and not ovulate for a while. But this is the one that you can reverse and get back to normal and get your regular periods again. And um, this is really treatable. It just takes patience and time not to despair and still employ all the other basic nutritional elements that you would for PCOS as well, for in general. And um, so that's the second or, or, I suppose, the third type of PCOS. And the fourth one is inflammatory PCOS. So again, like I was saying with insulin, insulin drives inflammation. So like there's always gonna be a low grade of inflammation in PCOS anyway, but you may um, also have issues like, you may have more inflammation than say insulin issues. So a sign that you might have more inflammation going on would be if you had IBS and gut issues, you had uh, brain and a lot of fatigue, joint pain, itchy skin, like uh, eczema and psoriasis and uh, a thyroid condition as well I could go in and especially a Hashimoto's, which is the autoimmune element of a thyroid um, disease. So with that again, um, this can drive The ovaries produce excess testosterone testosterone, if you've got a lot of inflammation, again, just leading to all the symptoms and irregular periods, etc. So uh, you can, again, get this checked out by looking at your inflammatory markers in your bloods. There's one called CRP, which would um, give give you an indication if you've got elevated um, inflammation. And then, lastly, is adrenal PCOS. So this is the least common; occurs in the ten percent. It's not very common. It's basically due to um, you don't have high testosterone um, in your bloods, but you've got high uh, DHEAS, which is the other androgen produced from your adrenal glands. And um, so, if you're uh, you want, that's why you need to get both checked. But it's more kind of a genetic issue and uh, where your androgens are in overproduction and producing too much and um, DHEAS, causing elevated, just and um, causing. It kind of acts the same as testosterone. It kind of just uh, it affects the ability of the ovaries to function and, and ovulate, and then you get all the symptoms of excess androgens like your hair growth, etc. So uh, it's a, a the way to approach that is to nourish the adrenal glands with uh, the nutrients that really you have supported, like vitamin B5, B6, zinc, vitamin C, magnesium, and they're really supportive of the adrenals. So I know there's a lot there. So like, you know, it's, um, it is a bit confusing, but um, really my approach is not, I find people get a bit too hung up with the types and want to put themselves in a the box and be like, I'm this type, I'm this type. And it's like, no, you've got PCOS because if, if you got all those symptoms, like we kind of discussed at the earlier point, we need to manage your overall nutrition. I really start managing as if, if like, we want to be managing your blood sugars and your insulin and yeah, the inflammation. That kind of level. That's gonna affect and improve all of the types, whatever type. Yeah. You want, And most likely, you'll have different types coming together. Do you know what I mean? Like, if you've got insulin resistance, you've got inflammation. If you've got thyroid issues, especially Hashimoto's, you've got inflammation as well, yeah. and probably insulin resistance too. So they're all connected. So I think kind of like it's too much about trying to put yourself into a box and pigeonholing yourself. So I do think there is. Uh, it's kind of, it's good to be aware of them hundred percent. And but and like the different approaches and maybe different supplements that can help one more than the other but um i really think if you're man- managing managing it sorry on an overhaul way and um, you'll you'll improve all of the different types does that make sense
0: yeah so that's what i was just about to ask there because i know people will ask is how do i know which one i have and then does that mean i need to take a different approach for each one but you kind of just answer that there so it's a case of almost acting like you just have the insulin one because that is going to improve all of, all of the the different types.
1: Yeah. Like the way I work with my, my clients and in my, my course break free from PCS course is a, an approach of improving your insulin resistance because 70 to 80% of the cases are insulin resistant or yeah. some degree of insulin resistance. So um, if you're managing that, you're managing a huge quantity of, and, and a huge um driver of the PCOS and with insulin resistance you're lowering if you're improving that you're lowering inflammation and you're improving your thyroid outcomes as well so you're improving everything by doing that and so that will be the approach that I would use like to try and find out your type you can get your done, of course so you're looking at your fasting insulin that's the most important that you're looking at insulin. Fortunately, this isn't tested that often. and um, So like most people go and get a fasting glucose done, but that doesn't really tell you if your insulin is high or if you've gotten too much high insulin after eating a meal. So that's not really that helpful, unfortunately. Um, but it can give a small indication. You can get your HbA1c, which is kind of a marker of your glucose um, your over the last three months. So that can kind of tell you an average of that. Um, you can look at your inflammatory markers, like I mentioned, the And um, You can look at your overall androgens. If t- testosterone is low, but your DAGAS is high, that could be the adrenal. Um, type PCOS so there is like real ways of getting into a diagnostic you know you can get your diagnostic cap on and go through it like you need to but I would advise kind of speaking with a you know someone who works with PCOS basically to help you with that because it is difficult enough to kind of yeah. go through those bloods and try and figure it out.
0: And how I try and do most of my podcasts is because I'm sure it's hard when I suppose two coaches are chatting that I try and not dumb things down, but I try ask from a client's perspective because yeah. the whole point is the listeners are listening because they don't know. So I'm guessing someone might ask, can I just get it or am I born with it? Um, and then can I cure it and get rid of it? Or am I always with it just having to manage it?
1: Yeah, really good question. So the cause of PCOS is still kind of unknown, but there's definitely a genetic factor involved. So when there's a genetic factor, it's kind of like you can have a gene for something. OK, so you can have a gene, say, for obesity, for example. But unless you predispose yourself to an environment and lifestyle of like, you know, like a lot of high fat, high sugary, high calorie foods and you don't really exercise much. And you predispose yourself to that, you'll switch on that gene food and open that up and um you expose yourself to that kind of uh, lifestyle and then that, that gene is switched on. However, if you don't, that gene won't get switched on. So there's a factor that called like molecular uh, nutrition and we definitely won't go into that. But um, that's basically the concept. Similarly with PCOS you could have the gene for it and um, but like to be honest with you it's so easy for that to be switched on in our lives to you know all you need now is high stress poor sleep with alcohol consumption and you're predisposing yourself to that kind of environment so i would say like from the research that's out there that we are probably born with this it could have come from a maternal side if you look at you, the maternal side of your family what kind of history did they have with say periods and um Pyroid issues as well, and um, that can come into it. Um, maternal sorry, that's what I said, not paternal I meant to say if I did say that. Um, so I do think that there the cause of it is fully not known, but there's definitely genetic component. And um, can you cure it? And uh, you will always have it if you have a gene for something. It will always be there. You will always have it. It can't be fully like you're I'm done with this now when you, you manage yeah. it's something you manage for life really like you know you can reverse it you can reverse that insulin resistance and you can reverse a lot of the symptoms but then if you go back to say a very poor lifestyle a lot of the things will come up and um, so it does need to be managed which and um, so it's important that you're finding a way of management managing it that's sustainable like you know even for myself I, like I was kind of saying to you before we started I was um traveling a lot this summer and just not a lot of routine really in my life so like sometimes we're in an Airbnb and sometimes we're in a hotel so like in the hotel you've no control over what you're eating mm-hmm. and I hated that because you know like it, it's like you're, I was eating more foods that maybe aren't preferable. I wasn't doing as much resistance training, which definitely is a big thing for me. I need to manage that because if I don't, then I'm not getting my symptoms like will, will um worsen or I get a flare up basically. So yeah, um, it, it basically you do need to be managing it and like different stages of your life you may know there's more flavors than others but I, li- I like that I'm able to recognize it they don't go up massively I, I manage other things so I did so many steps like I was always learning like 12 to 15 steps a day so I was managing that part of the thing I still tried to take my supplements whenever I could I made good choices in food without sort of restricting myself but I really made an effort to like really like my, my nutrition so like things did not go haywire whereas before if I didn't have that awareness it just it could have been really bad flare-ups whereas now things are nearly back to normal already just after a few weeks of kind of getting back into routine and it just means you don't have as much of a mountain to climb up when you kind of yeah. keep an eye on a few things um but that's just kind of a side note really just from my point of view just to make it kind of people aware that like just a little bit of change changes in your life can cause things to flare up but not yeah. to again. Like you don't have to be completely stringent or anything. with your whole life, I have a very enjoyable lifestyle, and I encourage yeah. that with all my clients with PCOS, and you can definitely do that.
0: And when you mention a flare up, what kind of flare up for yourself would you get? So
1: for me, like, like I kind of said, like like maybe a bit excess hair growth might occur, and yeah. um, my period was later. Now yeah. I did get COVID as well, and I know that impacts. My yeah. Too, so that is another reason. Yeah. Um, so. That my period was later as well. And um, I'm just kind of feeling more like you know and this is obviously probably a lot to do with my training as well I wasn't walking I mean I wasn't doing much resistance training I just felt a little bit more puffier I guess and if that's the word like um, particularly around the stomach area which would be quite common for PCOS like that kind of belly bloat nearly but it's not really going even like no matter what I would eat you know if that wouldn't really improve things and so that's why you know resistance training is a huge part of like the, the management of PCOS and we'll get into that in exercise but yeah um that's kind of like everyone's flare up will look different fatigue is a huge one and it, like again like a lot of people can feel fatigue like oh, I was not just doing my PCOS but it's a huge part of having PCOS is fatigue yeah. like a daytime fatigue and afternoon fatigue and then maybe not being able to sleep at night well so they're kind of different flare-ups as well.
0: And that again is then causing people to have a lot of caffeine, which is then affecting um, sleep. And I even saw your, you have a post on Instagram, which is saying things that can worsen your PCOS. And you said binging on Netflix, which I thought was a, a good way of putting it. But it is when you're up late at night, you think, oh, I just I just can't sleep tonight. It's, it's PCOS that's causing that. But then again, you're yeah. over consuming caffeine to try to stay awake during the day. And that's another vicious cycle.
1: Oh 100% and that's why there's so many lifestyle things that you can do like there's and like you don't even have to look at nutrition things like the way you start your morning can have such a knock-on effect on your overall hormones like it's amazing like so without even going into nutrition I think there's so many things that you can do on a on a day-to-day level to improve your your PCOS like by regulating your hormones like cortisol and your, your lowering your insulin things like that so like daylight exposure not having coffee maybe after one or two in the day and um, getting outside for walks it's just so amazing for your overall hormonal profile with or without PCOS but if you've got PCOS either things that are non-negotiable I would say that can be added into your life without like overhauling it you know that's what you should be doing anyway like yeah. so you know like again with PCOS you're not like I don't want I'm, I'm not taking away from the, the issues because I totally get them I have them but you're not a special case either in that you can you still need to be looking after health as much as anyone else does really to have a good quality of life and long lifespan yeah. so um the same things that like you know you would do or you know anyone would do that wants to look after their health it's just like moving your body and um, not drinking too much caffeine it's not that beneficial for you anyway it does yeah. affect everyone's sleep and not bingeing on Netflix because it don't and affect your quality of sleep that night you know things like that as well so you
0: know what i think that's actually really cool the way you just said that um that you're not a special case because if anything i'm going to flip that and i think that's actually that might make people feel better because if anything you can see so much pcos online there's but there's not enough information and then you're going to ask doctors and they mightn't be able to give you a full diagnosis so you actually might feel like you've been told you're a special case but then when you say you're not and that everyone everyone has to kind of do this because even if someone doesn't get PCOS from not going from a walk or doing these lifestyle changes they they're going to see other symptoms whether it's weight gain or um, poor joints so many other health complications so in a way you're on par with everyone else so it should make you feel a little bit better that you can improve it you're not you're not a case that no do you know what let's just throw you to the side you're done now and go to the next client that there is hope
1: yeah because I feel when you put like labels on things and kind of put yourself into the box so I have this though so like that I you know I can't do that or like that affects me differently you kind of feel like then you won't I don't know like it's, it's that mindset block that like there's no point what's the point of me doing that like like a walk won't fix me or you know whatever eating that won't have me you know that kind of way whereas it will like all those small yeah. things make such a difference and everyone has their their way to carry in life and I mean that in a metaphorical way everyone has something do you know what I mean? If it's not PCOS, someone else will have something else. Do you know what I mean? So yeah. we all have a burden or something that we need to work yeah. on in some way or other. So and um, like PCOS, it has its challenges. Don't get me wrong, but it doesn't mean that you can't that you're stuck uh, in this position, not to bother making changes right? yeah. and that you're not that you are just special case. No, you yeah. could definitely like make such like like I say, easy lifestyle cho- choices that can make such a considerable difference. Like and I, I would actually say they can have such a powerful impact when obviously when done consistently, those lifestyle choices like the small little ones on a day-to-day basis, and um, mm-hmm. even more so than the nutrition element. Obviously that plays a huge role, but like I find lifestyle lifestyle and um, a huge part of it. Like just that morning light exposure is just one thing that I think I would recommend everyone to do and um, with or without PCOS. Um, steps are great you know just for lowering the, like there have been studies to show that walking after a meal you know say 15-20 minutes afterwards can help lower your cortisol lower your insulin levels you know and it helps with that like, transport or shuttling of glucose into cells so all that kind of stuff like and they're not like crazy hard things to do you know just going for a few steps after a meal and getting up maybe 10-15 minutes earlier just to get outside in the morning
0: yeah so let's get into the management then yeah. so I suppose we'll break it up into little topics to make it easier for people so let's start off with the exercise because we've just come from there so resistance training your steps and I suppose being consistent but if anything that's what I would even say to clients that don't have PCOS.
1: Exactly so the thing is with PCOS and the way especially anyone struggling with weight they may have like been told or just believed that intense cardio or doing tons of cardio is going to help them lose weight and lose fat and it's not that there's anything wrong with cardio or like I want to like you know scare anyone off if they enjoy it that's fine however you're not going to get as much bang for your buck out of it Um, and especially if you're not combining it with some form of strength or resistance training so I would say if anyone is doing cardio to balance it off with some resistance training and the benefits of resistance training for someone with PCOS is it's going to help Muscles are more sensitive to insulin. So the more muscle you build and grow and have in your body, then the more place in the body for the insulin to go and get out of the blood basically. It goes into the muscles, gets converted to energy and that's what you want. However, fat cells don't have that same ability. They're not as sensitive to insulin. And and so if you've got more fat versus muscle in your body, then you're going to be in this place of high insulin levels, driving a lot of the PCOS symptoms. If you are starting to shift the profile, shift the composition to be more um, muscle um, more muscle in the body this is going to have so many favorable benefits for uh, PCOS like it lowers your androgens it improves um, body fat composition it starts to to lose weight and lose fat and change your body composition entirely it regulates your period supports fertility the benefits are endless when we start to improve include this into our our lifestyle it doesn't have to be very intense uh, low impact weight rated work can really really be beneficial um and maybe three to four times a week of slow low and uh, you know just kind of focusing on the movement more so then combining in that with your steps you're getting your cardio in and then if you do want to you could do a short hit or maybe one or one cardio workout as well and um, alongside that as well. I think that would be a really good kind of um, prescription exercise plan for someone starting with PCOS. So obviously, if you've never done resistance training before, maybe starting like with two days of, work, of working it up, but um, yeah, that would be, that's why it's beneficial and it's one of the main lifestyle things that you can do to improve all of your overall PCOS symptoms
0: and we were also saying about reducing stress so as well with cardio if you're doing seven days a week of cardio intense cardio that's going to raise your stress and it's going to cause a lot more stress on the body now exercise is a stressor on the body that doesn't mean we avoid it but we just don't overdo it because that's just going to reduce what we're trying to actually impact from it
1: just like allowing yourself like recovery time and yeah. making sure that you're doing that and like you are more susceptible probably to stress hormones with PCOS and then that drives a load of array of symptoms too. So like you say if you're like killing it with like maybe a 45 minute hit session like first thing in the morning. know thinking you're doing a really good job and like i understand what you would like you're getting up early doing a really hard difficult workout however it's actually not probably having the same long lasting benefits and could actually be slowing slowing your progress or slowing down your progress basically because you're not fueled you're in a stressed out state doing that you're raising your hormone first thing in the morning and not in a good way and um, whereas when you fuel yourself before a nutrition set or before an exercise session and do that slow weighted exercise you're still burning calories when you're yeah. sitting there later that evening which is such a cool way to look at it so um i would say like if you want to, like like you said like the way HIIT should be done is in shorter beds, you know, like 10 15 minutes, maybe, you know, for and do that. Maybe you could do that in combination with a resistance workout like later on, or you could do it a different day. And um, highly recommend just getting your steps in, or swimming, or cycling something that moves you aerobically as well, and um, along with the resistance training. And those kind of two approaches together can just see really big results then in the long run. And
0: the next one, I suppose, the biggest one that people worry about is carbs and pcos cutting carbs can i have carbs do i have to go really low calories to see weight loss occur and so i suppose we'll talk about the calories and carb side of things with the nutrition
1: this is like such a an area where people do stress out about like and there's so much info online that you're being told to go keto for pcos or low carb and um i can understand why why people say that and the reason they're saying that is because when you're not consuming the carbs you don't need as much insulin to bring Mm the sugar into the cells because it's not as much sugar carbs are broken down to sugar remember so um they are their preferred fuel source but they're broken down the fastest into sugar so we need more insulin so if we're not consuming very carby or high carb foods or just not having much we don't need as much insulin so in a way we're managing the symptoms that way however we're not really because it's unsustainable we need carbs to ovulate carbs are for energy in general our brain health and they make us feel good in general when we do utilize them properly and what way i think we should be looking at it is trying to make our body more useful at actually using that sugar and getting our body more sensitive to insulin the issue is that we're not sensitive to insulin so we want to be kind of making our body become more like that so we don't want to be putting a burden of carbs on our system no way So that's why switching to say like the lower gi is more preferable so like the mediterranean diet would be probably the gold standard diet for you know type 2 diabetes pcos etc um, and it would incorporate like and um, carbs from starches like Sweet potatoes and baby potatoes, and and then you're like your legumes and pulses, things like that as well, and the whole grain version. So that would be kind of your carbs, and maybe from dairy as well, the lactose component. So that would all and contribute to your carb. So having more carbs from those sources rather than very refined carbohydrates, because they are going to put an extra burden on your body. So refined carbohydrates are the ones that have less nutrients in them, and when you eat them, they Rapidly break down in the bloodstream, which means we need lots more insulin quickly, at a quick level, a quick rate to take it into the into the cells. And um, so these would include, you know, your the, the nice foods, unfortunately, like your pastries, your cakes, chocolate, uh, crisps and chips, like that kind of food, like white pasta, uh, white rice. And again, I wanna get across, it's not about avoiding these entirely, but it's just about having that approach that so is it's a little bit more moderate and balanced uh, and I'm trying to include more in abundance of the lower GI carbs and ones with high fiber. Basically a high fiber diet is crucial for managing PCOS. It blunts that blood sugar response. We don't get a big, sharp rise in blood sugars when we have fiber in our diet. Um, And then of course, another way to help slow down that blood sugar response is combining protein with your carbohydrate so when you eat a carbohydrate on its own you will get a significant rise in blood sugars in comparison if you were to combine a protein with it the protein would help stabilize it and slow it down and because it reduces the absorption of the carbs and protein into the bloodstream and uh, it's just, it just has a much more favorable effect on your blood sugar levels etc so that would be the approach that i would use because um you could go low carb and probably see better results quite, you know, a little bit faster than you would if you did include the carbs. But unfortunately, it's not going to be long lasting. You will know, come a point when you go to a party or you have to go out or you go on a holiday and then you go back to your old ways. And then, I mean, your old ways in the vertical common, just a normal way of eating, basically having carbs. But then you, um, you feel, you probably feel a bit rubbish because you're introducing no carbs, from no carbs to load of carbs. And then you just get back into this kind of, Cycle again, it's just constant cycle of no carbs, back to carbs, no carbs, and it just you never see sustainable results. And the symptoms would arise much faster when you introduce carbs from a no-carb place, if that makes sense. Where if you have a very balanced approach and just kind of include a moderate amount, you are kind of in a steady place at all times. Basically, you can go on a holiday and enjoy yourself, and, and you won't see as much of a jump in symptoms or anything because you already have carbs in your diet but you're eating them in a healthy and balanced way
0: yeah and i think that's it, it's it's the exact same with my own clients who don't have pcos so if clients come to me and they're trying to lose rate, weight really quickly they reduce calories massively obviously not by my advice but they might just do it on their own can't sustain it and then they're more inclined to binge or have overeat on foods that they haven't been allowing themselves yeah. That's the same as well. I will try bring calories to a moderate sustainable amount. Therefore, when you're allowed something, you're not really inclined to go overboard on it because you know it's there tomorrow. And it's the same with PCOS and carbs. The more you restrict, the more when you do have it, you're going to have it in a, in a surplus. Therefore, there's a surge of this insulin because your body hasn't, hasn't been having it. Exactly,
1: exactly. And there's just so essential really for... Female health, anyway, that we shouldn't be neglecting them, particularly premenopausal, and um, you know, premenopausal women. Like, we really need carbs to ovulate and to function well. And yeah. then the good thing is, if you are doing resistance training, you can afford to eat more carbohydrates as well. Just so say you that, yeah. more as well. So that's the benefits of doing all of these things together. And um, so I, I would definitely notice that. like I can eat more and feel better when you do more resistance training and more carbohydrates which is great because they are so they are nice they're they're easily um found everywhere you go there'll always be a carb source probably more than a protein source if you go somewhere like um so you want to be able to be like everyone else and able to eat them that's why i would encourage like doing your exercise to help you be able to eat more and the right exercise for you
0: yeah and there's and we spoke about the gi there so in, in case people aren't too sure so the like glycemic I can never say that word index yeah yeah. you can find it so easily online um with all the foods that are high low moderate but there's so many alternatives out there like for me it's not even PCOS but just more so for IBS and bloating that I would have more like red lentil pasta rather than white pasta and sometimes I will just have white pasta and yeah I, I can slightly feel that I'm a little bit more bloated and it doesn't agree with me as much but It's not that I'm going overboard on it because I actually really like the alternatives that there is out there. Um, And so it's trying to see the alternatives as well rather than just saying, can't have pasta. Yes, it's your favorite food.
1: Yeah, yeah. And again, similarly like eating out and things like that, like people think they can't have, say, a pizza or something. Like if you're eating out all the time during the week, that's yeah. going to be something you need to check with yourself that maybe like you you will have to make changes. But like if you're eating out now and again as an occasion with like say your partner or your friends, you can get a pizza or if you want, you can even make a choice of like sharing the pizza with your partner or whoever you're with and um, getting then a chicken salad or something with some protein as well. And that makes it feel like you're able to enjoy the food, but you also feel so much better afterwards. I mean, like for me, that's something like we did on holidays or when we were traveling this summer. and like, it wasn't even for like in a vanity way of like trying to be like, you know, leaner. And it was genuinely because you just feel so rubbish. I feel eating just like a whole pizza to yourself all of the time that was something you were doing a lot like because we were eating out quite a lot because we kind of had to so like those small choices and changes made such a difference to how you felt you were getting more fiber vegetables and some protein in and still being able to like be in italy and enjoy like an italian pizza so you're not being like you're restricting yourself you're making just these small changes that make you uh, just feel that much better because whereas if we had had one pizza each pizza between uh, uh, you know each And with no salad, no vegetables, no protein, that like us very sluggish and heavy, like which you naturally would, it's a a huge amount of carbohydrates to consume in one sitting. Um, And I'm not saying that you can't do that. If you want to, you can 100%. But it is just letting you know as well there is the other options. You don't have to, there is another option for you as well. And just so you can like at the end of the day you want to feel good you want to feel just yeah. comfortable and like that let your bowels are moving normally and things like that like so when you're like full and sluggish and constipated you don't feel very good on a holiday or after a night out for example
0: yeah and that is something that i oh when I was starting before I got into fitness my whole approach would have been diet really hard for a holiday, go on holiday and go absolutely crazy because I haven't had those foods, come back and then diet again. And when I did get into the industry that I'm in, like I just went to America there um, a couple of months ago and I was putting up quite a lot of my days, my foods. I may as well put up my birth search on Instagram because I put up everything on my stories, but I was putting up all my foods and some. so I would have maybe one day of having a, a bigger meal and just Completely enjoying everything. Then the next day I would make better choices for a couple of days. And I was there for two weeks. So it was kind of on and off like that. And some days I'd put up a salad and people were like, Oh, you're in America two weeks. Like, come on, enjoy yourself. And I was like, But why is why does food equal enjoyment? If anything, if I had an excess of now, bear in mind I was in Florida, like their salads are crazy. Um, so if I was to do that every single day, it's nothing to do with weight gain that I was doing it for it was because I was waking up in the morning after eating relatively normal when I was saying relatively normal I mean I'd have like a large donut as a snack but yeah. all my meals around that were were a lot more balanced and nutritious I was waking up way more energy I was bouncing throughout that holiday whereas previously I'd be waking up rolling myself to the beside the pool and just feeling crap it's yeah. not even just about weight loss but why go on holiday and want to feel sluggish and crap? And exactly, yeah.
1: I I, I guess it's kind of we put this like novelty on those foods, don't we? Yeah. Like because we restrict them so much and think yeah. they're so bad. Yeah. If you allow them in a moderate way alongside yeah. the nutritious food, you feel so much better. You're able to have the donut. You're also able to get your fibre and your protein in, which just make you feel so much better. And at the end of the day, if you're actually paying money to go somewhere um, and and like to do things. You don't want to be feeling low in energy, fatigued, cranky, irritable, because all those things kind of contribute to that. And if you were to eat in excess of that all every single day, firstly the novelty wears off, you're like, oh my God, I feel horrendous.
0: Um, and secondly, yeah, you would just feel horrendous.
1: Like you would be like, why am I doing this? Like so um
0: and I yeah. always say to clients like, okay, if you go to Italy, like if you're going to leave Italy and you haven't tried their pizza or pasta, like, come on, if you go to America and you haven't gotten American food that you wanted, that you yeah. probably won't get again, but food's always going to be there. It's going to be there tomorrow. It's going to be there when you get off the plane. Yeah. It's not like we're in a shortage, very luckily, um, over this side of the world, that we're not in a shortage of food. So it is going to be there when you get home. But that doesn't say that we're sitting here on the podcast saying that when I went to America, I didn't go wild a few evenings with all the American food and did feel a bit crap but it's just yeah. saying that you can have that balance. Um, but then I suppose we've we've touched on the nutrition and we've touched on the exercise. Is there anything else that you would say in conjunction? We've kind of touched on the stress, the um, daylight exposure, we've, the morning. Yeah. Is there anything else that you would say that you really found has helped your journey with managing PCOS?
1: um I I kind of touched on the Mediterranean diet but that's kind of one I kind of would look at as like the gold standard as I said and I most research papers would allude to that as well Mm -hmm. um and like so the good thing about that it's kind of like an abundance diet rather than a restrictive one so many diets that are out there have a restrictive element too whereas this one is very much it's everything really it doesn't exclude animal proteins if you want to have that it doesn't exclude dairy if you want to have that it even has alcohol in there particularly red wine if you want to have that so it does have everything Everything in there, which I like about it, it has the healthy fats. It's got amigas the monounsaturated fats, some nuts and seeds, fruits and vegetables, legumes, um, pulses. Your low GI carbohydrates. And so, really, it does have everything. If you were to like want to start somewhere, like the Mediterranean diet would be the one, really, and like a simple way to even begin with that look at your fruit and vegetable intake start like increasing those basically like they all have so many benefits because they're antioxidants anti-inflammatory and also um the fiber element of it so look at your vegetable intake start increasing more vegetables and more fruits don't be afraid of fruits fruits are so nutritious they're a good carbohydrate source but they also have fiber in them they're easier to digest and say other carbohydrates as well this is actually an important part because gut issues can go hand in hand with pcos so you want easy to digest food so fruits are really easy to digest and um, absorbable quite well so don't be afraid of fruits either because that is kind of a myth you can't have fruit and that would be definitely one area like making sure you're not avoiding fats fats are really important they lower inflammation they increase satiety and so things like that are really helpful as well that would be one thing not to neglect your sleep we kind of touched on that as well but sleep is really important as well so and meet yourself where you're at at the moment i would say if you're already a late person person going to bed late do something that kind of can, one habit that can increase your likelihood of getting to bed earlier. Maybe get in earlier from wherever you are in the evenings, switch off screens, gradually do that. Get up to your bedroom earlier, dim the lighting, implement all those stages it might happen all you know within the first few weeks or months even but like read the book atomic habits even and just starting to help you get into the the way of introducing newer habits so getting to bed early you can start from a very basic point of view of just getting into your house earlier in the evening rather than staying out to maybe 9 or 10 and then only starting to wind down 11 and then get into bed at 12. get in earlier so you can start to wind down even earlier get upstairs or go into your bedroom earlier dim the lights and so on so little things like that can help but like overall your sleep is really 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 important for PCOS management as well because if you're not sleeping well you'll have you know issues with a lot of your hormones like insulin, leptin, ghrelin, your hunger hormones and fullness hormones and you'll feel more stressed uh, you'll just drive the behavior, the the type of behaviors that won't help your PCOS. The next day you wake up after you're poor sleep, first thing you really want is a cup of coffee and probably carbohydrates because you feel you feel low in energy. So you want those things straight away. And um, whereas if you have a good sleep practice and you're sleeping better throughout the night, you do wake up feeling that little bit better. I'm not saying you can't have coffee by the way, but you're not relying on it as much. You're not made, you will have a higher protein, fiber breakfast, which will just improve your blood sugars and start your, you off much better for the day. Less likely. Of having like that afternoon slump and um, all of that will be influenced by your better
0: sleep as well and I think one thing we just forgot there was the skipping of meals that's one thing I've seen with clients that they leave massive gaps in between their meals but also then when it comes to the sleep sleep is going to make you lethargic the next day less inclined to make better choices more inclined to grab high sugary snacks and therefore that's a large part of why ladies with PCOS will struggle with weight loss because it's not it's not essentially the, the PCOS, but yet the factors around it, the external factors of not sleeping, therefore you're grabbing high sugary foods that are higher in calories, not training as much, therefore weight, weight gain occurs.
1: And that's why I say lifestyle is so important because if yeah. you start to improve your overall lifestyle, you're less likely to make... Uh, you know those behavioral choices that don't help PCOS so like we said earlier just like getting those steps in getting the light exposure all of that's going to make you feel like more productive more mm-hmm. energized good mood that in itself is going to be like oh I feel good now today I might yeah. let's like, have a healthy lunch there's so many psychological elements to that as well so before even going down like oh what diet to go on and what do I need to add like what what to cut out or what yeah. should be, like how many calories should i be eating that's of your lifestyle what were you sleeping at night and yeah. like what's your morning like and that kind of thing so they could be areas just to really hone in on before anything else i find they're more important because they drive so many other and um, food behaviors then so like you're more likely to make much more beneficial choices when you um have those kind of in line basically
0: yeah and the same goes with nutrition for for girls of weight loss weight gain but i suppose people do look for quick fixes with supplements and yeah. if, if someone comes to me and they say what supplement can i take to help with my sleep or with weight loss i'll say well are you going to bed and lying on your phone all night that's like i always use the analogy of putting icing on a cake that isn't even baked yet you need yeah. to focus on the basics first and um, so if let's say the basics were nailed what supplements would you then recommend for ladies with PCOS and would those supplements differ for the different types?
1: Yeah so um, there is one supplement that I recommend that I do think is essential what women with PCOS need to take that's inositol or myonositol and so basically this is this works by sensitizing your muscles to insulin. So it works on the roots, basically. It's not really masking things, but actually getting to the roots. It's helping those cells become more sensitive. It works by helping transport the insulin glucose into the cells. It also helps by uh, um, improving ovulatory function. So again, it really helps uh, lower testosterone, increase ovulatory cycles, great for anyone who has infertility issues etc it's really really helpful if you're not ovulating so it is something i would recommend anyone with PCOS to take because it will help with getting more periods regulating periods sensitizing yourself to insulin and reducing cravings and lowering androgens all of that so that is a really good one to to take and so that will be taken on top of the lifestyle changes like probably like like anything if you're doing absolutely nothing with your nutrition and your lifestyle and just taking that it's not going to have the same impact but it will really accelerate your progress if you're doing all those other things and for me it was a big game changer including that in my protocol supplement protocol and every client i have
0: would take that as well and for ladies who haven't had a 100 diagnosis and they've just heard you say it helps with cravings um and now they're running and grabbing the supplement because there's someone who craves in the evening
1: yeah no um definitely for a pcos it's a pcos specific supplement it could also have possibly with type 2 diabetes but not for you know they get crazies in the evening where they feel like they're hungry in mid-afternoon definitely not this is to help support your like you if you take this it could lead to lower blood sugars basically and you could feel dips in energy and it could actually have a a inverse effect it wouldn't be beneficial for you at all it could have the opposite it could make you feel worse and could have issues it could cause issues with your periods and your hormones so don't mess with something that isn't broken really Um, if you've got cravings, but you don't have PCOS, like you, you probably need to look at, like, what are you starting your day with? Are you having a low protein breakfast or you're not yeah. eating enough throughout the day? and um, You're having too much carbs, but not enough protein and fiber, that kind of thing. And just eating enough, essentially. So many women just don't eat enough.
0: Um, yeah, I, I always worry about supplements because they sound super sexy and they're going to fix everything. But then someone's like, they hear one thing and it's like, oh, I get cravings so then they'll take and it I just so want,
1: right like yeah it's yeah. good to catch that one because people think craving like most women kind of feel they get cravings because they probably don't eat enough and then there's yeah. hormonal implications maybe a different phase of the cycle too or the
0: skipping of uh, the meals as well
1: yeah exactly so no it's not going to be something for you at all this is a pcos supplement so get your diagnosis fully and then make your lifestyle and nutrition changes and add this into your routine
0: And I suppose we'll finish on a few of the myths. Um, I think, well, we did, we touched on the carb one. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if there's any other ones or anything that makes it worse for ladies.
1: I don't know. A few of the myths that come to mind, like just, again... misconceptions or maybe fear mongering from from medical professionals is that you can't get pregnant with PCOS and that's just something to say you can you didn't most certainly can and you will need to work on things and work on your arbitrary cycles and increasing them but it's definitely not impossible and similarly like you can't lose weight with PCOS again that's not true you can lose weight with PCOS maybe just that little bit trickier because you have to work on that metabolic issues at play and that are maybe not there for someone who doesn't have it but it's once you actually start working on that, you start to see results. It may be a little bit slower. I'm not going to say it's like an instant result, it really isn't. And um, so I never try and like you know sugarcoat it like, yeah, you can, no problem, but it will take that little bit of extra and um, perseverance and consistency, but you can do it. And I, I like to always say, if you are like looking at your PCOS and weight loss, try to look at it not just that you want to reduce weight or lower your weight. You want to improve your overall health with PCOS. Like you want to start improving your insulin resistance. You want to lower your androgens. You want to improve your blood sugar levels and uh, get more ovulatory cycles. Because if you're ovulating, you're making the good hormones that make you feel really good, make you feel more feminine. That are we need to make as women for our long-term health. So weight is kind of a symptom of pcs it's one of them not everyone has the weight issues but if that one is for you look at pcs and your symptoms as an overall picture not just like one of these weights you want to improve okay. your overall health but it is possible for sure and um, what other one you can't have fruit I kind of said that as well you can you can't have carbs but then they're the other mix as well so I
0: suppose think- it's like if we think about having an exam or having something long-term goal it's looking at that but then kind of almost getting rid of that idea and then rolling it right back to okay well that's the goal but what do we need to do every day to implement right. it okay well if I want to pass that exam I, the, the exam right now actually doesn't matter at all it's just studying consistently every day that's the only way I'm going to pass it yeah, or with weight time. loss yeah. yeah if I have clients and they're like right one lose 10 kg I get I get emails every day asking about the challenge and a lot of them will just say, my goal is 10 kg. Can you help me? My goal is 15 kg. Can you help me? And straight away I'll reply. And I don't even know the person and they might never reply to me again because they might get pissed off me, but I'm just saying, get rid of that goal because if you get rid of it, you'll probably achieve it 10 times quicker because you're just, we're going to focus on all the small little things. So don't forget about having PCOS, but I suppose the more you get yourself down about that one word, and put yourself in the category of not being able to fix things just break it right back down to just your lifestyle changes not just it's quite hard to change when we're when we have habits built from no, you condition
1: into our day 100 yeah. Yeah, but yeah looking at like your PCOS when you're managing it and just you know I'd be the same i get people oh I've got pcos I just want to lose weight that's all yeah. they care about but like what I like to do is Firstly, educate them on what else is going on with PCOS, and I might—I'm not trying to scare them over them; I'm just trying to inform them. But once they're aware of that, they kind of—they feel like, "Oh, I actually want to work on everything to support my health." So it switches the focus from just weight loss, and I want to improve my overall health, and uh, to become more empowered to do so, basically. And like, I think that's a better approach to it. And like, when you're improving, when you start to see reductions in cravings, and you have better energy, and your sleep improves, and your mood is better, I see them as really good that things are already on a good you know you're on a good footing because you know they those can be off big time when you first have PCOS and you haven't made any changes so they're the first kind of things to notice and to improve then you kind of want to be noticing that you feel better after eating your meals your digestive improving and um, and then gradually things just start to to shift basically losing a few pounds and things like that but nothing and um, just not getting too hung up on that at the start is something I say, because it can take a bit of time for it to shift because unfortunately, like it's probably taken a while for your body to get to that point where it has got a lot of weight on. So if you are there, it will take a bit of time for it to reverse and a really like, but empower yourself with knowing that you're improving your overall health you're improving your quality of life your health and your overall outcomes for your future by taking steps today to improve your life and you'll just feel so much better and confident in yourself because you're you're doing something for you basically so it's like you're having some self-worth for you that you're stepping up to take it on basically
0: that was such an amazing chat I have to say and I honestly think it's going to help so many people with PCOS or struggling to know fit PCOS but also on the other side of things coaches as well I think it's so important for coaches to know about this in detail because you're going to have clients or you might have clients that have PCOS and it's out of respect to know how to manage it for them because they're coming to you for help Um, so I can't thank you enough for coming on greatly appreciate it so if people don't know where to find you where can they find you your podcast what is your podcast about
1: yeah so on instagram uh, you can find me mj nutrition and um, my website's uh, www.mjnutrition.ie and also the podcast is a female health podcast so as the name suggests it's very much centered around female health so it covers everything really it covers fat loss for women it covers so hopefully i'll get you on to chat about that sometime uh, it covers um like things like the pill, hormones, PCOS, PMS, all that kind of stuff so there's been some really good guests on it and some solo episodes as well so yeah that's where you can get me and I also have like some freebies as well like free master classes and stuff that you can get through my link and bio on my website as well and there's more stuff coming up so do follow to kind of if you have PCOS or hormonal issues just to see more about that as well.
0: Yeah, your Instagram is a wealth of knowledge. Knowledge It has loads of things there, but I'll also pop your masterclass and things below in Spotify for people to hear. So thank you so much for coming on. And- Pleasure, thank you for having me. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast. Hopefully you enjoyed it and hopefully you took something from it or learned something from it. That's always the aim for these podcasts. If you want to get in touch with Mary Jo, I will link her Instagram below. And if you want to get in touch with myself for my eight week challenges, or anything fat loss, weight loss, please pop me a DM or an email on saracattersoncoaching at gmail.com. Thank you so much for listening. And I will be back next week with another podcast.